Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Bucko Talk here on 93.7 The Fan. Thanks for joining us on this Saturday morning as the Pirates coming off a victory against the Seattle Mariners last night. 11-6, the Bucks pounding out seven home runs along the way. And we head out to Seattle bright and early uh, out in the state of Washington. We're joined by... Jason Mackey here on 93.7 The Fan. Jason Mackey on The Fan. It's brought to you by Westminster College, where real experiences lead to real success. How about that, Jason? Do you like that little tagline that we have now for your appearances? I love it. That is me. I love it, Josh. That is music to my ears, man. My alma mater, uh, one of my favorite places on the planet. We, My wife and, and family, we go up there several times a year, and it it warms my heart to have an affiliation with them, believe me. We're going to hear that a lot, and I will I will celebrate every time. That's that's awesome. Have you had your cup of coffee this morning yet? I have. I am halfway through it, although the, <laughs> there's a coffee shop around the corner that I that was sadly closed when I walked out there, but I am, I'm good and I'm ready to go. A coffee shop closed in Seattle? That seems sacrilegious in a way. That was that was my thought exactly, but there's there's coffee in the hotel. I survived. I've I've got enough. Jason, can I tell you something? I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. You're lying. I I, I and you're wrong. I I assure you, I'm not. I've tried coffee. I've never sat down with a cup of coffee in my entire life. I've never bought myself a cup of coffee ever. I don't, How do you wake up in the morning? How do you stay I, awake? How do you do? You drink tea? Um, Red Bull. No, I'm not a Red Bull person. I'm not a high caffeine person. I I've never functioned well on those things. Uh, one time I drove back from Philadelphia overnight. It's a long story. I won't get into why I did that, but uh, I drank two Red Bulls and I thought my my heart was going to explode uh, somewhere on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. So I, I stay away from those things. But me and coffee, we we just haven't been a match before. So I don't know how I make it work, but uh, I do like the smell of it. There's that age-old question, Josh. Could you like only live with one coffee or beer or coffee or alcohol? I mean, I would take coffee every time. That's mm-hmm. how much I love it. And and it's not like a, a an addicted. I need it or I'm going to fall over. I just genuinely like it. Yeah. I don't know if it's like the Jameson Tyone in me or something. I just <laughs> it, it is such a fantastic curiosity. So, I would... not the greatest stuff I've ever had, but it'll do the job this morning. Yeah, for the record, I would go with beer, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Jason, why is Vince Velasquez going to pitch tonight instead of Ruanzi Contreras? It's a good question. Um, I think there are several facets to it. I'm worried something's up with Ruanzi, and here's why I think this. Uh, why Luis Ortiz is here. If you're going to send Luis Ortiz to Indianapolis and you know he's not going to pitch, why do you fly him all the way to Seattle? I mean, that makes no sense. Um, you bump Rowanzi from his start tonight. We asked Derek Shelton what's going on. Um, he said, We're, we'll figure out the rest of our plans as we go. I'm sure they know their plans, and they're not going to reveal them to us. Based on everything I've been around, I'm, I'm worried that we're looking at a 15-day IL stint for, 
for Roe. Um, I, I don't know what part of the body it is. Um, but again, it would just be extremely odd to, I mean, I guess you could bump everybody back. But again, that's a six-man rotation, seemingly unlikely. If you brought Ortiz here, you're more than likely going to keep him and have him pitch. And that's the only you know possibility that I know of in terms of a guy who could need a break. What what are the pros and cons, Jason, of a six man rotation? Well, the pros would be spreading out some rest. Um, you've got a forty three year old in Rich Hill. You've got a, a younger guy in Rowanzi that, like his fastball velocity has been down this season. And I'm I'm not in the camp of oh everything's fine. We're just working on his delivery or sloughing that off. Um, you know it it builds in rest for those guys. You have Velasquez coming back from an elbow issue. Um, the con, I would say, would be the irregularity. Guys generally like to pitch on five days, good or bad. Mitch Keller certainly does. Johan Oviedo does. If you look at off days, six-man guys are basically pitching once a week. And sometimes they might pitch once a week anyway because of the way the calendar falls. But it's just too spread out. Uh, and I, I don't like it for that reason. We've seen the Pirates in a stretch with a decent number of off days. Add that into having six. It's just not enough work for everybody. So, again, Ortiz was really good last time out. If they need to, and they did this right with Velasquez, sort of press pause, give a guy a break, you build him back a little bit, you're going to lose him for a stretch, but it also gives somebody else an opportunity. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Uh, What's, I guess, a reasonable expectation here for Velasquez coming off the injury? I mean, how did he look in his uh, his rehab time, and, and I guess can he get back? you know, pretty quickly to the guy that he was because, boy, when he left uh, with that injury a few weeks back, he was really pitching at a high level, it seemed like. He was, Josh. He was outstanding. He was outstanding. A reasonable expectation, at least workload-wise, I'd look at around 85. He threw 63 pitches in his rehab start, which is fine. I think it was four and two-thirds innings. He's probably not full go to where you're going to let him and want him to get to around 100, but if you get to 85, that's great. Results-wise, I'm looking for the same stuff, man. What made him effective early on was a slider, um, sort of leaning into that. I remember talking to Vince in Tampa about his repertoire and what worked for him. I mean, this is a guy that in his past has thrown basically seven pitches, not all at once, but they've sort of come and gone. And I think that's got him into trouble where he didn't necessarily have a feel for them, and he's, he's forcing it and trying to find something. Well, with the Pirates, they've leaned into the slider. He's brought out the changeup a little bit more. They've accentuated his fastball in a really good way. Um, so, I mean, I look at him to continue doing that same stuff, sprinkling a curveball here and there or whatever. But the thing about Vince that's been really impressive to me has just been the consistent command of his stuff. The first time he's really had that in his career. Talking with Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette, who is out in Seattle with the Pirates as they get ready to take on the Mariners here this afternoon. Uh, Jason, is... Is there maybe being more harm than good done with Rodolfo Castro right now in the way that he's sort of bouncing in and out of the lineup and out more than in, I guess, right now for Castro? I worry about that. Um, I don't know if I can get, I don't know if there is a final answer to give, but I don't think they're helping him. I'll put it that way. I mean, it should be the Pirates' job. They have some talented young players. I mean, they're not finished products. They all require various degrees of work. I don't think Castro is being helped by how he's being used right now. Um, it is a tough situation because if you don't help him develop, you can't help G1 Bay or Tukapita Marcano or even Jack Sawinski develop because you could bounce Bay out to the outfield. Like There's not enough reps for everybody. But I, 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 
I don't like what they're doing with Castro. And I've said this before. I wish they would sort of simplify things for him. It's okay if he's not a shortstop. I don't think he's naturally a shortstop, but I'd like to see them get his bat in the lineup. I don't really care which side he's hitting. Well, I mean, I do. I'd like him to hit right-handed. But, um, you know, when he is, like, hit any side pitcher. I don't care. I think they're hunting matchups a little bit too much on that, and I'd like to see them just play him. Now, the complicating factor here is G1 Bay has made a lot of outs on the bases. Uh, it's obviously been an issue, and he needs to be more conservative, and they're working with him to be more conservative. But by and large, Josh, he's actually hit the ball. Yeah. This surprised me last night. I mean, his last 17 starts, he's hitting 328, and that was before last night. You kind of got to play a guy like that. Marcano's been good. Um, so it's a bit of an unnatural thing on how to get reps for everybody, but I do feel like Castro would be helped by playing more. Jason, you had a, a story that came out in the Post-Gazette this week about Andrew McCutcheon and uh, sort of beyond the 2023 season, uh, you know, what his level of interest might be in returning and maybe what the Pirates' level of interest. Can you give us a, a little, uh, you know, I guess sample size of that uh, article that you wrote, and, and is there, I guess, mutual uh, a mutual feeling that Andrew McCutcheon could be a good fit here beyond the 2023 season? Well, I'll describe Cutch's part um, first, and this came about yesterday. We were t- actually talking about some of his milestones that he's been passing, and just the way he was talking, I said, I don't get the sense from you that you're anywhere near done. And he just looked at me, shook his head, said, no, absolutely not. I'm not done. That launched into another conversation. So, Long story short, Kutch wants to keep playing, but he only wants to keep playing here. He talked about how much fun this has been for him, how much his family loves it, the energy that he's gotten in Pittsburgh. Um, and he's, he's been really good. He's been really productive. So he wants to come back. He wants to keep playing here. His cards are on the table. Where that goes with the organization, Josh, I have less of a feel. Um, I don't – I mean, it's a tough spot for them. It really is because I'm sure – they wouldn't mind moving on with younger players that they're going to need and, and develop and give opportunity to. It's also Andrew McCutcheon yeah. and a productive Andrew McCutcheon. Like you can't do that to your fan base. You can't bring him back here, have him put up an 807 OPS or whatever it was, you know, after last night and then send him away and say, we're either going to trade you or we're not going to resign you. when you blatantly say you want to be here. Ultimately, I think they resign him. I think that it's, they're just – I don't want to say backed into a corner because it's a good corner to be backed into, but I think they bring them back. I think it works for them. And I think they probably say to Andrew, like, look, we're going to do this. We'll do it for another year. But, like, we're not going to do it until you're 43. I know that's not what he wants. But, you know, you probably come to an agreement and say this is how we exit this appropriately. Jason, uh, I know you talked with Ben Sherrington this week down at the ballpark, and, you know, the, the topic of Mitch Keller was brought up and, and more – uh, more specifically, a contract extension for Mitch Keller. Um, what was Ben Charrington's response? What was the vibe that you got, I guess, from his response? And uh, is that something that you feel like the Pirates could try to make work here over the next year? Yeah, uh, I'll take the second part of that first, Josh. And I think it's something they would like to try to make work. I also think it's something they will make work. I, I think this is something that is going to get done eventually. I'm not saying tomorrow but it makes a lot of sense for the Pirates. It makes a lot of sense for Mitch, and I think he really does want to be here. Um, Charrington's answers and the Pirates' handling of this is actually weirdly linked to the Brian Reynolds situation, and here's what I mean by that. All of that stuff got out and through me and others. It was so public, 
and they didn't like it at times. Reynolds camp didn't like it. And there's sort of like a, we're not going to say crap about this, you know? And I know that Mitch went on the fan and, and said what he said. And it's kind of funny to, you know, hear the backstory about how that, that went about. But I mean, like, yes, they were talking at the beginning of the season. It's not been a ton lately. That's normal just because you're in the middle of a season. Um, so I think Charrington's comments kind of reflected that. If, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I mean, his, his line has been, you know, we really like Mitch. We value Mitch. There are guys that, you know, we want to have that door open to, and Mitch is one of them, some, some version of that song, and that's fine. Uh, they love Mitch Keller, as they should. He's pitched his butt off. He deserves to be here. He deserves a contract extension. I think it's going to get done. As I said, I just don't think we're going to hear a ton about it. Jason, how close is Quinn Priester and how close is the organization to wanting uh, Quinn Priester at the major league level? Yeah, um, it, it, I think Quinn is very close. His May has been outstanding. Um, I don't know what the numbers are, that they're just absolutely sparkling this month. Um, you know, I think if, if Quinn continues this into June and there becomes an opportunity in the rotation, I think that's when they would look to do it. Um, again, that's incumbent on two things. And right now we're talking about, you know, what happens with Rowanzi or Vince Velasquez coming back, um, et cetera. But there are moving parts that I would say, like, not too much longer and an opportunity provided. You also got to remember, too, I mean, they have Rich Hill and Velasquez. I don't think they keep both past the deadline. I would be really surprised if that happens. So, okay, does that bring Ortiz into the rotation? Potentially. The next man after that is Priester. And it's, once again, incumbent on him pitching well, but he has pitched extremely well in AAA. And I, I said it before the year, and I'll maintain it now, I do think he makes his MLB debut this year. And I think it goes well. I think very highly of Priester. It's just not quite yet. Jason, have you had any input yet on, on who will play you, who will play Jason Mackey in the Drew Maggi movie that they're apparently trying to make? I know. How about that? Well, I hope I hope they don't waste their time on somebody like me. They're way more interesting. Could you things. play yourself? Maybe in the background, yeah. uh, you, um, you know, you hold a microphone or something like that. Do you feel like you, you're? Are you comfortable on the silver screen in the in the Drew Maggi movie? Absolutely, absolutely. And a little known fact about me: um, this is, this never happened. But my mom, when I was younger, was obsessed with like me being in movies. Or, you know, like I tried out for a couple of movies. I never got any parts, and I absolutely hated it. But my mom insisted that acting was something that I should try, um, so I did that. And uh, I guess I'm no good because I never got any of the parts. So why would they waste their time on me? But I'm not gonna lie, Josh. Talking to Maggie this week in Altoona and thinking about that possibility, I'm like, there's got to be like a media scene where you get like the Pirates beat crew oh, yeah. in there and they do something. I mean, come on. Come on, Drew. You got to take care of us. And uh, has there ever been a bigger slam dunk? I mean, I'm sure there has. That's that's an oversimplification. But like, I can't wait to see that movie if it comes out. That's going to be so fun. All all I'm saying is, I talked to him on the air after he got his first major league hit and RBI. So I would be more than happy to be a part of that film as well. And, and maybe we'll both be in it. I can't that's wait. That's right. I. I just hope they nail the media stuff. It yeah. bothers the crap out of me when you have scenes in movies and you show, was it Rookie of the Year? So, somewhere they showed the press box and like everybody's standing up and clapping. Like, that's not how it works. <laughs> that's wrong. Don't do that. You know what the worst that's portrayal what of media in a movie is? 
is Moneyball when it's opening day and that TV reporter is oh, in the locker room and yeah. she's just like ruthlessly grilling every single player on opening day in the clubhouse. And I'm thinking like nobody has ever been that much of a you know what to anybody in a, in a locker room in their life. And she was just so rude to everybody. And I'm like, that's a terrible, no wonder people hate the media when they're portrayed like that in movies. It was meanwhile, crazy. Meanwhile, on, op- on opening day, you know what opening day is for a baseball reporter? I've been talking to you for seven weeks. What the <laughs> heck could I possibly need to talk to you about for any more? Like, I don't want to deal with you. You don't want to deal with me. I'm going to, I don't even know if I was in the clubhouse on opening day, Josh. I'd seen these people every day for seven weeks. I'm not going to stick a microphone in somebody's face and say, I asked if you were 100%. Don't don't you have have sports consultants for movies to make sure you get that stuff right? You and I should carve out careers as media consultants in movies to make sure they get that stuff right. And that's Jason Mackey from Westminster College, where real experiences lead to real success. Thank you, Jason. I agree with everything you said. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Talk to you soon. All right, that's Jason Mackey joining us from Seattle. Thanks uh, to Jason for getting up early and talking to us. You can listen to Cook and Joe every Wednesday to hear about Starkey's Card of the Week from Baseball Card Castle in Cranberry. Contests run every Wednesday through Friday at 12 o'clock noon at the 937thefan.com contesting page. I want a role in the Maggi movie. I think I deserve a role. I talked to the man on the air minutes after he came through with his first major league hit. We could pull the audio from it. We could have that in the credits. We could have our, I, I'm I'm willing to do this. You don't even have to pay me. I mean, I would prefer that you pay me, but you don't have to pay me. I've never been in a movie before, but I'm, I'm more than willing to make an exception here for the Drew Maggi movie. I actually think this could be a really good movie. Like, there's a cool story here with this guy. And and Jason wrote a, a good story this week in the Post-Gazette about how this is more than just rumor. Like, there's actual Hollywood people who have been calling who want to be involved with Drew Maggi in, in making a movie. I don't really – I tried to figure out today who plays Drew Maggi in a movie. I have no idea. The guy's like 33, but he kind of looks like he's 43. Good-looking guy. He, he's got the Hollywood look. Maybe he could play himself. I don't know. I would say, you know, a Costner type would be perfect. But Costner's probably too old now at this point. But that's the type of guy that you're – who's um, Dennis Quaid from The Rookie? Is that is that the right Quaid? Randy yeah. Quaid is the other one. He's a little out there. Dennis Quaid from The the Rookie is the movie, correct? Yes. Like that would have been a perfect – that – age like when he made that movie that would have been perfect for Maggie we got to find a modern day Dennis Quaid of the rookie to be Drew Maggie we got to find someone to play myself potentially and Jason Mackey all right we're gonna take a break when we come back I want to keep that Quinn Priester conversation going he's going to be on the mound tonight Uh, maybe we'll dive into more of this Mitch Keller stuff if you want to hop into for our final segment before Bob Pompiani 412-928-9370 is the number I'm Josh Roundtree here on Bucko Talk 